Hello and welcome back to another episode of Thrive Podcast, where every week I'll discuss a new topic that can help improve the quality of our lives in terms of our mindset and or our health. We're all on this journey to improve the quality of our lives together, and I really appreciate you joining me this week. This week's episode is all about dopamine, understanding dopamine, and then using and leveraging our understanding of this pathway or this neurotransmitter in order to improve the quality of our lives. For those of you that are not familiar with Dr. Andrew Huberman, he studies neurobiology. And neurobiology is the study of the brain and nervous system. Union, the brain and nervous system generate sensation, perception, movement, learning, emotion, blah, blah, blah. Everything that makes us human. So it's very important to understand basic neurobiology. And that's basically one of the reasons why Dr. Huberman became so popular, because his understanding of neurobiology combined with his desire for human optimization make him kind of a hmm, a guru in the space of using neurobiology to optimize our lives. Okay, so one of the biggest things that he talks about and one of the most important things that we must all know and understand, especially in today's society, is the dopamine pathway. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter. Now there are more than 40 neurotransmitters in our nervous system, and most notably there are eight, there are seven or eight um, of the, let's say, more important ones. They're all important, but seven or eight of the more prominent ones. And these are things such as dopamine, GABA, serotonin, acetylcholine, norepinephrine, and glutamate. When we're talking about all these different neurotransmitters, we want them to work in harmony. So I'd like to compare these neurotransmitters with a soup because I love soup. And we all know that to to make a good soup, you need the right amount of ingredients in the right dose, okay? And I know this from experience because I'm one that tends to overdo it on the ingredients that I like, but it doesn't mean that the soup will be better. So we all have this soup of neurotransmitters in our minds. And some people's soups are have the perfect amount of each neurotransmitter and their mind is then working perfectly. Others, however, maybe are more prone to negative thought patterns. They're more prone to unhappiness because, or depression, or even bipolar, right? These um, mental illnesses, let's say, are caused by the unbalance of these neurotransmitters. So what do they do? These pills that help for bipolar, depression, anxiety, what they do is they tend to try and, and and you guys should know that I'm definitely not an expert in this. From what I understand, if someone has bipolar or depression or anxiety, what they do, dopamine or that um, tries to increase serotonin. Well, it's kind of a trial and error game. So that's why these um, types of, that's why these strategies are a little bit tricky because you have to just keep trying trial and error and find this mixture that will optimize that person's mind and the neurotransmitter so that they work correctly and harmoniously now so it's the same thing as with a soup if you have too much of one ingredient it's not going to work well so we can't just say oh my goodness is there a way that we can increase dopamine and we just keep pounding dopamine 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 well that's would be the equivalent of adding way too many onions to your soup yes onions are delicious but too much of anything will not be good so we need that all these things to work effectively and we need them in the right dosage this episode is about understanding 
the swings that occur within that dopamine pathway and what that those swings are designed to do. Now more than ever, we need to understand this because of the way society is being quote unquote marketed today gets released when your brain is expecting a reward. You can think of dopamine as a kind of tool for motivation. If you see a commercial on television of a Big Mac, you may get a little rush of dopamine because your body or that dopamine pathway is triggering you to say, hey, that looks really good. I know there's a reward. I know how it's going to feel in my mouth to have that Big Mac. And so that's where you get this little urge. Ooh, maybe I should get some dope or maybe I should get a Big Mac. And then you open up your Uber Eats and get a Big Mac delivered. Essentially, that marketing triggered a dopamine response and that dopamine response triggers motivation. Dopamine is trying to help you. Okay. Dopamine wants you to be happy. The dopamine pathway wants you to be happy. So what it does is if it thinks that there is a reward, it will motivate you to chase or to obtain that thing or that action in order to get the reward. Easy as that. So dopamine is on your side. However, we are now being overstimulated in every sense of the word, whether it's with marketing, whether it's with food, or whether it's with the information that we gather. Nothing is enough anymore because this dopamine pathway has been overstimulated. And just like previous episodes, we know that when something is overstimulated, the receptor sites start to become kind of dull or they kind of, they they need more stimulation to feel the same effect. Same thing with um, drug users or people that use alcohol or stimulants. It's the same thing with the dopamine pathway. These neurotransmitters become a little sedated, let's say. Okay, so why is dopamine so important? Well, dopamine is so important because we have too much ease nowadays. Our ancestors, and you know I love talking about our ancestors, in order for them to get a certain level of pleasure, they would have to work for it. And in today's society, we don't have to work for it. So the main thing that our ancestors actually cared about were catching big game. Um, There's a guy I really like, Paul Saladino, or the carnivore MD, as some of you may know. And he's lived with uh, the Maasai, so a tribe that is still alive today. And he asked them, what makes you guys happy? And they always say, when we catch a big animal. So back in the day, they had to work really hard to get that rush and that feeling of happiness. Contrast that to now, we can reach to our phones and get a rush of dopamine immediately. So we're getting dopamine, boom, 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 multiple times a day. Believe it or not, that motivation you get to want to look at your phone is the dopamine pathway in action. Because if you're bored, your mind is like, oh, this is so boring. Well, let's help this guy out. Dopamine pathway is like, let's help this guy out. He's bored. Let's give him some motivation so he can get some pleasure from looking at his phone. So then, oh, you get some motivation. You look at your phone. Two minutes later, you're bored again. Oh, look at your phone again. It's the same thing with sweets, you know? Oh, but just like that pendulum when we're all like that, ah, this is kind of boring or I'm not being stimulated right now. Okay, I want sweets. And so the dopamine pathway goes, oh yeah, sweets. That'll make him feel good. Let's motivate him to go eat some sweets. Dopamine pathway is working for you, not against you until that balance has been skewed so much like in today's society where there's the dopamine pathway is being overstimulated and it's kind of become, it doesn't work in our favor anymore because it's motivating us to do things that we shouldn't be doing and it's becoming weaker and weaker. So instead of motivating us and feeling that motivation to do something like an hour workout, 
where we know we'll feel better after, the dopamine pathway is like, man, that's a way too long. I can get this guy to be happy in a second, a split second, just by looking at his phone or by having this suite. So we're kind of creating shortcuts here to get that uh, dopamine fix. It's important to know that dopamine gets released when our brain is expecting a reward, not when we get the reward. Okay, so dopamine spikes right before we get the reward. It, let's take someone gambling, for example. Dopamine will spike right before they place the bet, not after they win. It is the anticipation of the reward, not the fulfillment of it, that gets you to take action. Hence why dopamine is a motivation pathway. Okay, it happens before we actually get that reward. Dopamine wants us to get rewards. We're at, we're at that point in the episode again where you're like, all right, I get it. Dopamine's important. What can I do about it? There is something called dopamine fasting. Right? It's not the scientific term. In fact, mainstream science hasn't really grasped onto this concept yet. So it's a little bit controversial, but it works. And people, you can take anecdotal evidence. So anecdotal evidence is like uh, people's stories, right? And there are many people on the internet that say that they've done dopamine fasting and that it helps them. Um, I've done it as well for... Uh, periods of like a week, shorter periods, but essentially what dopamine fasting is, is when you take away all stimulants. So you take away these short-term rewards. So your dopamine system can rest, relax, and then become resensitized. So why should you dopamine fast? Why is it important anyways? Well, most of us constantly battle between what we know we should be doing and what we want to do. So one of the primary reasons for this phenomenon is the desensitization of the dopamine system. Allow me to elaborate here because the dopamine system is responsible for many of our interactions with the world around us. Gone are the days of sitting in silence to enjoy your view or taking in the sounds during a walk. Sitting in silence often gets derailed once the thought of checking social media feeds, getting a snack, or turning on the te television comes to, mind, comes to mind. So is there a way out? Yes, there is a way out. We need to resensitize these neurotransmitters. We need to spend time alone. We need to spend time in silence. As boring as this may seem, just sitting down and Enjoying the view without your phone is hugely important and beneficial when it comes to the dopamine pathway. So do dopamine fasting is the act of not indulging in highly pleasurable activities like eating sweets, scrolling through social media, uh, watching Netflix. There are six compulsive behaviors that are targets of the dopamine detox. So this is like things like emotional eating, excessive internet usage, gambling and shopping, thrill and novelty seeking, recreational drugs. So all these things create short-term dopamine spikes, and we must eliminate them in order to recreate balance with our dopamine system. If you apply something called stimulus control, where you control the amount of stimulus that your dopamine pathway undergoes throughout every day, you can allow it to rest. Basically, the dopamine pathway is overstimulated. You need to allow it time to rest and reset. So to ease into the process of dopamine fasting, or stimulant control, you can do something as simple as not checking your phone for the first couple hours of the day. Then move on to eliminating other impulsive things that you do until you can fully control the actions you take in a day. And you'll see that, well, I've noticed that once I get my uh, dopamine pathway back under control and I stop feeling the need to always check my phone, let, let's just go with the phone example here. After I do that for a couple weeks, then reading becomes more enjoyable and easier to do. But if I have a book in one hand, and a phone in the other, I have such a hard time focusing and reading that because my mind just wants to seek the, the easy pleasure from the phone. And so leveraging this dopamine system actually allows you to be more productive because those bland, boring things, like if you're always overstimulated, normal aspects of life become bland and boring. 
think about it. Like if you're used to drinking six cups of coffee and then you go down to drinking none, well, then your life is like, oh, I have no energy. This is just bland. If you're always eating these super sweet foods and then you start eating a kale salad, you're like, ah, oh, this is bland. This is boring. It's the same thing with the dopamine pathway. If you're always getting these highly stimulating things on your cell phone and then you go to reading a book, it's like, ah, oh, this is boring. Why am I doing this? And I, I can't focus. Some people say I can't read. I can't focus. And I've been there. And, you know, we, we all go through our ups and downs, but I think the people that are able to hold their focus for longer understand this and they're able to put the phone down. They're able to put all these distractions down and all these highly stimulating activities and things and consumables down and just focus. And then their baseline level of attention heightens where reading a book can be extremely fun. And another one last example here, if you don't eat anything sugary or sweet for two months, and you eat a blueberry, that blueberry is going to feel just as sweet as someone eating a cheesecake because you've lowered your level of, um, you've kind of resensitized your mouth and the way that things feel and the way that things taste. It's the same thing with the dopamine pathway. You need to resensitize it to the simple things in life. Many people get caught in a overstimulated state. And let's take, I'll give you a bunch of examples here. There's people that are addicted to YouTube, people that are addicted to uh, marijuana, alcohol, cigarettes, caffeine, uh, television, social media, anything, anything that is highly, highly stimulating. We get so addicted to it that when we take it away, normal things in life become boring. You know, think of uh, the, the, when, we're, when people are in university and they're, they're used to social drinking and they drink alcohol when they go out. Well, take away the alcohol and that seems kind of boring. That club night seems very boring and it's, it's not as stimulating. Someone that's on their phone on, on TikTok where it's highly stimulating and then they have a conversation with someone and they find it boring so much so that they'll go to TikTok while they're in the conversation with someone else in order to get some sort of uh, relief from the boredom. So this is all, all over guys. And uh, some people, you know, they're so uh, used to getting that stimulation from marijuana, let's say, that they must do every activity that they typically would do without it, with it. So now they go skiing and they have to have some marijuana before, or they, uh, you know, they go for a walk in the woods and they need marijuana before. We, be, we become accustomed to whatever we're going through in life. And so desensitize your dopamine pathway and then your level, your baseline level of happiness and uh, attention will be maximized and use, you can use that to your advantage. If you found this week's episode useful at all, if you maybe learned something or if you want to connect with me on social media, please do so. Don't forget to rate the podcast and I'll talk to you next week.